swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chests and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is an actual dash, not the word dash. I know some of you are taking things a little too literally. Control is hyphen. Control minus issues, not the word. Use the little button with the little line. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that easy so yeah, it's control-issues.com go to your podcast provider wherever that may be make sure you download subscribe to rate review listen to pass along to your friends control issues we're out there we want to get further out there and only you can carry this and you know what you can go to Twitter while uh, I don't know while Twitter is still a thing <laughs> given <laughs> the most recent news so yeah um, my control issues that's the handle you can and say, then, whatever, say whatever the fuck you want on twitter whatever soon. the fuck you want start an insurrection <laughs> send a death threat whatever you the fuck what you, want. you want it's the town square yeah, the new the new twitter is going to be called do you <laughs> that's perfect marketing why has somebody not made a social media platform it's called do you there's no rule <laughs> <laughs> no, just do you? Just do you, son. <laughs> and then, um, right, what is it? Twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We still yes, got sir. that. Yes, we sir. still got that. Yes, that's where we put up gameplay videos for you, viewing pleasure. However, you know, if A Dub's got anything up there recently, you might want to avoid it, especially if you if you need deep in one of the greatest games of all time, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about in a little bit. But until we get there, AMC, how you living? You gonna you gonna put your your soon to be battle with millennia on or is that is that something that you don't want to spoil for people? Would you put that on Twitch? Yeah, I'll put that on Twitch. It, it's yeah. not much of a spoiler because that the the entire like even even accessing the route into the land where you unlock the pathway to get to the region where she is is all optional like when i before i unlocked it i was looking at the map i was like ah unlock the whole map all right <laughs> and then like i went further and it just added a whole another area on the top of the map and i was like ah shit <laughs> but yeah yeah i'll definitely put that up uh you know depending on how long it takes me to do. <laughs> when i get there i'll I'll be sure to stream. I mean, I've seen people range from, oh, you know, it took me like an hour and 45 minutes to, you know, there was that one guy, it took him 262 tries. And there's the the guy that me solo her who came to internet, internet fame for beating her 
butt ass naked with a jar on his head with two katanas <laughs> <laughs> like over over 400 times yes yeah yeah so i'll definitely be streaming that it's optional so you know i would recommend people watch and learn as much about that fight before going into it as humanly possible because it is an incredibly tough fight it's i mean don't get me wrong you're you're definitely going to get your kudos and your credits for going in there blind and figuring it out by yourself, but you don't got to do that to yourself. <laughs> Just <laughs> being able to carry out the, the process necessary to defeat that boss is achievement enough. So don't beat yourself up. Don't stress yourself out. Just get it done. Get that trophy. Get that platinum. <laughs> 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 and keep it moving. So I'm going to kill in the back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, killer's chilling. That's uh the kids outside. So yeah, I guess what this is where we get into how our week has been. Yes. Um yeah. My week I won't have much to say here. I've literally I think I've pretty much gamed it this entire week, whether it was by myself or with Marissa, that we I think I only watched Bob's this week, an episode of Bob's Burgers. I attempted to watch an episode of uh the new season of Atlanta, and that was about it. I had probably the most I want to say boring, but it wasn't boring because of the games I'm playing are absolutely amazing. But um, I did have, a, I was planning a trip for Hawaii and at the end of July and where I was staying, I believe it's uh, in Honolulu, they decided to pass a law where now you can't Airbnb a place unless it's for a minimum three months. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, yeah you, have to, you have to stay there for three months. Yeah, you have to stay there for three months. It's their way of like basically cutting back on that industry. My brother was saying that it's the um, the hotel, you know, the hotel like union or whatever was lobbying against it. Or um, no, of course hard- they were because they were buying up residential properties and they rented them. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know, and then I, I guess like maybe like people who want to keep it like like you know a bunch of mainlanders coming buying up property but not actually staying there and just using. Yeah. The property as investment property so maybe they wanted to cut back on that regardless to so rent we, it out to other mainlanders <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so then uh yeah so because of that we have to see if we're within the window before the law takes effect um because if not we already bought our tickets and we'll have to end up then getting hotel rooms for like six hundred dollars a night and that's not going to be great so oh it's like the good old days <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that all goes, but that that definitely threw like a, a little bit of a wrench into the into our plans. But we're, we're still going on this trip regardless because it's a whole family thing. So just something we have to figure out now. But A Dub, how has your week been? Not too bad. I ain't just working, getting used to this new job. Uh, I'm a couple paychecks deep now, making significantly more money. So starting to breathe a little sigh of economic relief, which is so hard for a lot of people to achieve. So, you know, I'm not trying to not trying to humble brag or nothing, you know, just appreciating making those incremental steps upward and forward with my life. And yeah, it's just been awesome. I'm actually waiting for the Amazon man to arrive today because I don't know if you've been keeping up with what Lego has been doing, but they've been on a tear with all their their new sets and things. Uh, they recently started this botanical collection where it's it's Legos, but in the shape of plants. Ooh. So I, I know I know you saw uh, like the bonsai tree, yeah, and how it 
it has like the green setup and then it has the, the Sakura Blossom setup. <laughs> but since since that happened, they've been getting a bit more detailed and lifelike. Like they have a Birds of Paradise set. They just recently put out like a succulent set. And the one I bought is they have, it's a set of orchids. And it's got like you build the pot, you build the orchids. And it's like, it's, it's tall. Like it's the size of orchids. You can twist them and move them around. I'm looking, yeah. at, the, I'm looking at the succulents. <laughs> the succulents are awesome. I kind of yeah. want those. I'm looking at yeah. these orchids now. Damn. Yeah, the orchids, yeah. It was like, what, 50, 60 bucks? I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty ordered that so that should be arriving today i'm gonna build that and then i'm you know i've been thinking about having some kind of plant next to the television i'm still i still have a web page open on my phone for a plant that i'm going to buy and put next to the tv but for the time being get these lego orchids and then uh, i can move them around the house you know it's it's something nice to look at you know at a glance it it does the job but then you get up close like oh it's fucking legos and you know i i like it's it's just been so long since I've actually sat down and built some Legos. And this is something that I, that I am going to pop open and build. I still have my Porsche that my brother got me. I still have, uh, the, the international space station that I bought mm-hmm. and I open them both. Like I look at the bags. <laughs> <Just for Yeah. laughs> Cause you know, just the thought of the build is oftentimes more exciting than the build itself. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm still riding that high on both of those. But yeah, I got these orchids and I'm going to, when those get here, you know, hopefully have some edibles <laughs> and then I can just dig into that, put some TV on. And yeah, just have a nice chill day, get that going. They also made a new Back to the Future set where it's the DeLorean, but they give you all the pieces to make all three DeLoreans from all three Back to the Futures. So you can't make three of them at the same time. You can swap pieces, but you can make the original one, the Back to the Future one with the Mr. Fusion on the back, and then you can make the one from Back to the Future 3 with the white walls. Oh. Mm, <laughs> the white walls. So, of course, that sold out and is on StockX for like $300. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. And at some point, I'd like to get the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian because I love that ship. But yeah, man, they, uh, I follow them on Instagram now. They also have, they're coming out with Muppets Legos. Mm. And I was like, that's kind of long overdue. You think Lego and Muppets would have partnered up a long time ago. But yeah, pump for that, you know, trying to get back into practicing good habits, getting back on my discipline. Because, you know, got a little lazy over a month, I think I may have mentioned it in the past, but got to hold yourself accountable. You know, trying to work out some more and get back to working out every day, get the, get this, get all this tightened back up and really enjoy where I am in life and what I'm doing. So that's where I'm at, you know, just constant self-improvement, <laughs> trying to, just trying to get where I'm going. I don't know where it is, but I'm going to just keep taking steps in a dedicated direction until I get somewhere. Sir, so I know we got all of these distractions out here. What have you been playing, A-Dub? Oh, man, the only distraction that matters yeah. <laughs> Elden Ring, man. I can't, I can't put it down. It has sucked away at least 170 hours of my life so far. I'm over level 203. I am in, I made it through the consecrated snowfield. I'm in the Haley tree proper. And I'm just 
making my way to millennia. There was a clean rot night and I decided it's time for me to start doing some farming. So farmed his entire, like both of his weapons, his entire armor set, got that. So now I'm running around in that clean rot, that clean rot armor. <laughs> Looking fresh. And yeah, I got the best great shield in the game. Toyed around with some with some respects, uh, leaning more toward my build being endurance, dexterity, and intelligence. Uh, before it was it was mostly intelligence and endurance because I I needed enough equip load to be able to carry that damn shield. It's basically a giant slab of stone with a giant's thumbprint on it. <laughs> it actually was kind of dope. But yeah, man, it's I, I just absolutely love this game and you know we were talking a lot about it in the pre-show but just to give everybody the lowdown it's i've done so much stuff in this game i have scoured every region top to bottom to the best of my ability and still have not done everything i've been locked out of quests there are places that i've yet to access i mean there are there are puzzles I've yet to solve. There are caves and locations I've yet to find. And even so, 170 hours. Like, none of that was wasted time. All of that was productive in one form or another. You know, either exploring, taking down bosses, completing quests, a little, little grinding here and there. <laughs> and just, uh, just understanding and mastering not only my my character but the game itself the enemies the challenges it presents learning how best to maneuver through this world just learning secrets trying to start getting into the lore um like if i wanted to i could beat the game right now i believe i have the the final encounter like basically queued up and ready to go but i'm doing this optional area i want to get that badge of honor for defeating millennia and then i'll be able to go to the final battle and then I can start thinking about starting over, starting a new character. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do a new game. Plus I'm just going to start a new character, catch up to AMC and level. And then, you know, you ever need your boy to come in. You ever, you ever need an extra spell. You ever need an extra sword pop in there. It, and there are so many battles. Like I fought this one dragon and it was like, just the visual of the arena where we were fighting like it's it's like a storm going on all around there's these ashes and particles swirling through the air i summon my my spirit ash and it pops up i pan the camera over we're standing next to each other like ready to go into battle the boss is off in the distance doesn't even know we're there yet and we just start walking <laughs> it's just straight out of a movie uh, it's the the one thing i came to the conclusion of when i was playing elder ring over this past week was like this this is the skyrim that i wanted like this is the dark fantasy open world me and my horse just living off the land and making the best of a bad situation like this is the fantasy game that I've always wanted. And, you know, I've said time and again, especially after putting dozens of hours into The Witcher 3, that I just don't think fantasy is for me. And I'm starting to see that that might not be the case as Elden Ring is, it's the pinnacle 
of not only the kind of game that I'm looking for, but the kind of the kind of fantasy that I'm into, where it's just dark, dead, desolate, decaying, any other D word you could think of. It's all of that. It's outstanding. But you know, that's my week. There there's nothing I can really give you more unless you're playing Elden Ring, because you know, you know. I will say one thing about this whole experience with Elden Ring that I haven't mentioned before. Everybody knows it. At least everybody in my personal life, they know that I'm not really a video person. And people send me videos and links all the time. I'm just like, I'm not going to watch that. I don't watch videos. <laughs> like People send me a lot of videos. With Elden Ring, I've watched every video that someone has posted. I've listened to people's critiques. I've listened to people like gushing about it. Uh, I don't really listen to people's critiques because I don't really give a shit about what people find wrong with the game. It's I, I'm more favor people who are enjoying the product and having a good time with it, how they're having a good time with it, like what, what they're basing their opinion on. It's, you know, secrets, the best weapons, and, it's all kinds of stuff, lore, whatever you can think of about Elden Ring in a positive light or in an informative light. I've been watching it so that Elden Ring alone has changed my stance on watching videos. So yeah, man, it's it's outstanding. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, pretty much the same thing other than I've been playing a lot of moving out as well. Um, Marissa and I, Marissa just, she loves that game and I completely love it. The further you get in the game, the um, the different, the level design starts to take on. But in with that, um, just the challenges and it, in, in a way that's more like, um, it's just more fun. Like, uh, like there's just certain levels like where like, I think they had this in Overcooked where like you're on a truck and the truck is actually moving and you're, but in this case, you're, you're moving stuff also. So you're like, you're trying to toss stuff from one truck to the other. And there's also like these, like, I guess little puzzles with how you navigate the different rooms within the different carts of the train um, as you're making your way through it to grab items and then toss over to the truck that's driving alongside of it, alongside the train. So it's like things like that, that just, um, add like another level of fun and then with that like it's it's a lot faster the level like you only get about i think three minutes to do that gold where the golds are usually around four to five minutes depending on the amount of items and the size of the level in order to um uh, complete that tier and um so with that it's like it's a it's a quicker experience but then also it requires you to be a little more precise in your actions and um be a little more uh manage your time really well without like certain items you're grabbing and then how effective you're moving them around uh and so yeah because of that like it's uh just a game that's continuing to grow and be more fun as i play it and like yeah so we're just absolutely loving it and just getting that perfection of it like we're as i said like last week we're not only like trying to get all the golds but then we're also doing all the bonus objectives that reveal after you complete uh, a level we're trying to do all the we're, we're doing all those as well so by the time you do like the bonus objectives you have a complete understanding of that level the most efficient way to progress through it and then like how to like like all the secrets that are within the level that are, are needed to complete the objectives. So it's just overall fun game in what would seem to be a simple design. And that's, I think that's whatever this genre is, I have no idea what they call it, but they have perfected that shit. <laughs> um, 
other than that, as A Dub mentioned, yeah, he's been playing Elden Ring. AMC has been playing the shit out of Elden Ring. I'm loving it. I'm so it. happy for you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those games that you can't like. You definitely don't want to put it down because as you do something, then you're just like, oh, like I just discovered something new. Now I want to like try this out, or you come across a failure, and it's like, now nah, I don't want to stop now because I want to like try out this like different strategy, or like as I was saying to you in the pre-show, like I'm in the stage where I'm, I'm enjoying just tinkering with my character because I'm so early in my build and you know different mechanics are being slowly introduced to me that as i learn something new as i come across a new spell here or i like as a i i got introduced to incantation so it's like oh what, what are these these are these are like spells but but different at least in the way that they're uh, enacted it, it requires a different item um and so like with that like oh but then if i add these incantations what can it add to my character to make them a little more well-rounded because i am having to at this point um you know fall back on my sword and shield uh when it comes to like the magic if i like if i'm using up too much magic and i haven't gotten a refill haven't come across a group yet to get you know that that flask refill after completing the group then it's like all right well i need to use like my sword and shield for a little bit until um i can you know get some more fp back but um with the incantations it adds like a whole new layer to my character as far as one the attacks i now have a fireball attack which then mm. will you know uh have more added effect on enemies that you know i wasn't getting the same amount of damage because of the type of spells i was casting on them and then also like having the ability to i've now been i figured out summons so i, I i've now been rolling with some summons and getting the ability to then heal those summons because i will say i'm early on and if i come across a big enough group i'm 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 rolling with wolves and by the time i'm done with that fight at least one wolf is dead and so the ability to be able to heal my uh, allies would definitely add at least a little more to their tanking ability to then give me the opportunity to sit back and just cast spells and just wear them the fuck down from a distance and so yeah just playing around more tinkering uh with like my armor and um and also learning about like different weapons um because right now I still have the the staff that I was given in the beginning. I've received one new staff, but it didn't seem to be at the level that mine was at as far as like the uh, attack level. And so, you know, just still playing around with that as I'm exploring the world. Um, came across my my first, um, we'll say, greater obstacle that I wasn't able to overcome just by like you know multiple attempts. It was one of those things where it's like, now if I want to beat this, I'm going to have to step away go somewhere else get a little bit stronger and then come back with it with a new mind and so um because of that it's gotten me to explore different areas of the map and places that i had overlooked and in areas that i just didn't even like i went immediately north because that's kind of how the critical path was guiding me but then i i slowly learned as i went south like oh there's a whole another it's guiding me towards another area so then i just realized like oh okay they're just guiding you towards i'm assuming would be those 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 shards um and because of that I'm, I'm meeting new npcs along the way coming across different merchants and then just buying cookbooks and things along those lines so i'm kind of just more or less just trying to unlock as much as i can because as once as i get more of the picture then i can kind of start really thinking about like how my build is going to eventually look but as of right now i'm i'm more or less just bumping up against the game mechanics the the world build and kind of learning like all right if i do this i want to avoid this but then like as i mentioned to you like i i opened up this chest and 
I, I saw like a thing die in, in the blood, <laughs> the blood stage. So I'm not, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of this, but yet when I opened it, nothing happened when I, when I got away from it. And so, you know, what? I'm just take the hit and see what happens next thing. You know, I'm teleported to this different area of the map. And so there's different things like that, where it's, even if it's suspicious in a way that where I might die, I still have to like test it out because that isn't guaranteed to be the case. <laughs> um, and so I need to make sure that I know that I, you know, the trial and error and just hopefully I don't have a ton of runes on me as I go through that trial and error. I, another thing that I did, like I tried to do the, uh, I was like, oh, I had the double jump. So if I jump off of this cliff and do a double jump last minute <laughs> and slow, to, slow my fall, then I should live like, and that's how I think it would work. And no, that's not, that's not how it ended up working. So I was like, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing for a long time it's like it doesn't make sense like i could come down from here and, <laughs> and it only takes half yeah. but then i go down like a foot more and i die <laughs> if you want i could i can tell you what's going on there yeah sure explain it to me so and a lot of people were completely mystified by this and somebody finally did the work and made a video about it so what's what happens is I'll, I'll give you all the, all the details before I just give you the, the conclusion. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that with fall damage, the most damage that you'll ever take from a fall is 50% of your health. So when you see it take 50% of your health, that, that doesn't mean like, oh, I can take a jump from twice as high. That's like, oh, that's the highest I could possibly fall from. Mm -hmm. There are things that can assuage your, your fall damage, but basically what's going on is that you have, I think it's something like 16 meters that you can fall without taking damage. And then between that and 20 meters is when you start taking damage and it goes up to half your health at about 19.99 meters. But if you take a fall that's 20 meters or higher, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're dead. It's like, and there are spots where it's like, okay, I can jump off of this part and lose half my health, but then I can move a couple of feet over on top of this rock and I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. Just, yeah, get real good at gauging what, 20 meters is and yeah be fine. okay even, yeah. even on your horse <laughs> yeah yeah so like because of that yeah there's just a lot of trial and error of just like hmm i'm gonna see if i can do this like because it is one of those games where it's like if you see something odds are there's something going on there <laughs> like yeah uh, if, it, if it looks interesting then you, you're gonna want to go explore it and then because of that there's also just other things where it's like hmm let's see what this what this does because it is a game that's all about secrets and the only way you can uncover those secrets is by either stumbling across them or by like trial and error and then like hmm i want to see if this does something if it doesn't it does it doesn't but if it does then i just discover something new and so yeah i'm very much in that like portion of the game just like bumping up against the world and then seeing how i can interact with it and because of that like i just love like the mystery of it because i really have no idea what's going to happen like occasionally you'll come across a P uh, npc and they'll be like if i were you i wouldn't go over there <laughs> and then like you could you could choose to be like oh this person's a liar or you could be like oh, this, this person might actually be giving me good information um 
and yeah and then like as you like as we discussed in the pre-show there are certain things where it might be called a blessing but for but what you might not realize is that it has like some negative effect on you (laughs) so it's like pay attention to all those status effects i guess that are going on with your character to make sure that uh if you have something going on you don't know why you're experiencing this this buff or debuff you might want to do a little research into at least what you have in your inventory that's um making that thing take effect on you i never question the buffs yeah <laughs> i'll take them if it's, if it's an icon with an up arrow a yeah <laughs> just charge that to the game but if yeah. it has a down arrow it's, it's some extra lifetime <laughs> yeah and there's like even certain things like where i like i noticed like my character was like it looked like they were like glowing and i have no idea why <laughs> yeah i still don't know what that is <laughs> yeah okay and so yeah it's just on some nights <laughs> yeah <laughs> get that little extra buff yeah it's uh it's uh it's pretty awesome i love it there's so much mystery and it's definitely one of those games like as you were saying with videos um i know with like a game like terraria and there are like other games like that where uh it was something that i got into with marissa because she's very much like she's not she's a like spoilers don't really affect her and uh, so and so certain games like terraria where we got like heavy into like like wicking like we get an item we immediately just wiki everything about it so yeah. that we knew like what it did and like if you met if you mix it with this what ends up happening and so like we had an idea of like what every material and mineral in that game what like purpose it can serve um and so i could totally see this game like especially like what you're saying at the point where you're hundreds of hours into the game like just completely just like just start like just going under the hood and just learning about every little item that i've been carrying and had no idea like i've had this for 100 hours and i have not touched this i should maybe like read about it and see if like there's something that i'm missing with this item i'm 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 looking forward to that discovery oh yeah and it's it's just a thing like as an experienced gamer like beating so many games and just realizing that there were just items that you had been carrying that you thought like eventually would come into play and they just never did <laughs> and so like just like wondering like what was that for like yeah. what would that have done should i give like what npc did i need to give that to and what would it have done and as you mentioned like just also being aware that there are certain quest lines that could be locked out if um i could progress a, uh, past a certain point and so just wanting to be very uh vigilant and you know thorough as i'm like just going at least as thorough as i can as i'm going through this world but i'm absolutely loving this game A-Dub. it's so amazing you know who else is loving this game uh wrestling superstar randy orton is loving Elden ring In oh yes fact, so much that he has leveled his character up to 527 yes <laughs> god damn my man i think he put out a tweet that he was just like yeah on the bus for eight hours playing Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, does he have a Steam Deck? I wonder how he's playing it. Uh, hey, he's, yeah, maybe he just, he's maybe a he superstar. He yeah. probably had a hooked up. Hey, put, yeah. put this PS5. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hook it up in my, in my bunk. <laughs> You got, the, you got the flat screen <laughs> yeah that shit is high um yeah the game is absolutely amazing um but Dub, let's get into these topics of the week Top topics of the week mm. you want to lead off a dub i'll lead off i'll start small got some good news for all the larian fans all the divinity original sin fans oh. all the tactical turbase rpg fans all those lovecraft fans Baldur's Gate 3. It's leaving early access. It'll be officially released in 2023. 
down. Yes. So I don't think I I didn't see anything about them announcing platforms. So it still remains to be seen when it'll appear on. I believe it was being made for PS4 and Xbox One, which still kind of surprises me. But um, of course going to be getting it on that ps5 hold out for that next gen version that next gen patch you know how it is but yeah finally getting baldur's gate and larian says by the nine hills we've added a lot of great stuff already and there's more where that came from so join us in early access on our journey to baldur's gate 3 or come along in 2023 when the game releases yes (laughs) (laughs) so they've been putting a lot of blood sweat and tears a lot of love into this game. It's been an early access for quite a long time. People have been having a blast with it. Uh, Larian was quite upset when they did an amalgam of everybody's custom character and it came out to be just a generic brown haired white dude. They were like, yo, we got all kinds of eyes. <laughs> we got like, we got like lizard people. We got horns and tails and stuff. Be a little more inventive, everybody. <laughs> like it came out looking like Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yo, let, let's get a little more inventive here. So yeah, man, Larry, their next big game, Baldur's Gate 3, it's going to be made in the style of Divinity Original Sin. So your boys, A-Dub and AMC, will immediately be able to gravitate toward that. They've shown off platforming. They've shown off a lot of different interactions that go on during combat or with the environment so that characters can you know, embow your weapon with elemental abilities or set traps for the enemy or sneak around in stealth and get the jump on them, set up, set up your position before battle starts. It's just that unbelievably gorgeous artwork in their environments and their assets. So if you're a fan of all these things that I mentioned at the top of this news break, then this should please you. Check it out. Let us know what you think. AMC, how do you feel about the official release of Baldur's Gate 3 looming large on the 2023 slate? I can't wait. Everything that I've seen from this game looks absolutely awesome. Um, I didn't play Divinity Original Sin 2, so this is going to be... This will probably... I'll probably skip over that, go right into Baldur's Gate 3. And with that, I haven't then experienced the the added use of like that... 3d uh, aspect that they've been doing with um you know they really like made prominent in uh in a uh, original sin 2 and so uh because of that that's gonna make it that much more awesome and just to see like all the different like classes and things like that, that they plan on adding into this game it's gonna take it to a whole new level so whenever that comes um as you said I'm getting that on the PS5 with all my with all my upgrades and my and my sound sounding so great and my my hopefully we'll ha- we'll get some haptic feedbacks in some form. I'm not sure how you can work that into a tactical game, but if they can do that, that'd be absolutely be amazing. Um, so yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to that. Anything that they do, um, I'm all in for. So just more power to Larian. You rule. <laughs> Um, can, get I get you to, can I get you to pause real quick? I gotta let the Amazon guy in. Oh yeah, do that. All right, A Dub got his his Lego Orchid, so we are we are all set, and we will get right into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week, what you got, AMC? Yeah, so you know, E three 
it got canceled again. God damn it. Like, yeah. canceled fully this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're not even doing it digital. Yeah. And so people were upset about that. Or, you know, just it's at this point, it's almost expected. It'll be a surprise when E3 eventually comes back in whatever form that is. But um, yeah, people, that, that leaves a vacuum. People are like, what, what, what's going to happen now? Is Jeff Keighley just going to get all the, uh, you know, all the all big the publishers, kid. yeah, all the games <laughs> in his summer no, games? Like, what is even the point of saying people were upset anymore? Just like, yeah, yeah. Maybe just like people reacted normally. People, yeah, people <laughs> had opinions and none of them were positive. Um, none of them were positive. None of them were like empathetic yeah. <laughs> or, or <laughs> introspective. It was just the bunch of keyboard vomit. Yeah, a bunch of vomit. And so, yeah, you wonder what, what, what happens with all the publishers, the big console makers, what are they going to do? And so we got word now, at least from Microsoft, their plans. And that is that Xbox and Bethesda Games will be having a showcase that will stream Sunday, June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the showcase I've been waiting for. Yes. This show will feature amazing titles coming from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our partners around the world. And that is all Xbox had to tell us. So, you know, there are a couple of games. I wrote down a few and we can just get right into it, A-Dub. But let's see. This is what I have written down of, of possibilities. We got we got Starfield. We got that's the only possibility that matters to yeah. me. <laughs> we have Machine Games announced that they would be working on an Indiana Jones game, so we might see some of that. Oh, so that's still still happening. Yeah. Um, there's also Ninja Theory, which uh, you know, we get updates here and there on Hellblade 2, so I'm sure we'll be seeing something out of that world. Then there's Outer Worlds 2 and the was it Forza Motorsport, but it's Forza Motorsport 8, but they dropped the 8 and it would just be Forza Motorsport. So there's a possibility that we'll see, be seeing that as well. So Ada, let's get into it. You are the, the resident Xbox owner here. So what are you looking forward to in this press conference? Starfield. <laughs> nothing, nothing else. Nothing else matters. Nothing else moves me or, or touches me in a tender manner. Starfield. That's all I care about. I've been waiting oh so long since they gave us that little teaser trailer for them to give us the info blowout with the gameplay reveal so i can see exactly what it is i'm going to be getting into november 11th 2022 because i don't care what they show me i'm getting into a day one i already know i'll be able to switch from third person to first person i i signed up to the constellation mailing list so i've been up to date on the little like developer diaries that they've been putting out. The most recent one they put out concerns the music of Starfield and how it is somehow indicative of the overall journey of how there's the swell and then the return and then it starts all over again. You had your man Anand Zer just breaking it down. Anand Zer is a composer for Bethesda Game Studios RPGs for several titles now. I mean, if you've played Elder Scrolls or Fallout, you have absolutely heard his music, and it does a perfect job of communicating not only the intensity of the situation, but also the expansiveness of the world and the length of the journey. Uh, yeah, man, Starfield is all that matters. However, you did mention Machine Games, Indiana Jones. I would very much like to see that, especially if they're still going the route that involves them using, you know, euphoria-based physics and things like that. I believe the Indiana Jones game was supposed to be using that 
especially since that's that's a Lucas property, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be using like Euphoria and, and natural natural motions Euphoria physics. It was made prominent first in the Force Unleashed, Star Wars, another Lucas property, and also in Grand Theft Auto, which Grand Theft Auto 4, Red Dead Redemption, those were the two games that used it the absolute best. And then to a lesser extent in GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I always look forward to information about new games. I would like to finally see what the eighth Forza Motorsport looks like. Can't call it Forza Motorsport 8, but it is the eighth Forza so i would like to see what that's about i had an absolute blast with forza horizon 4 as well as 5 i understand that playground and turn 10 are two different developers and forza motorsport as opposed to horizon those are two different driving experiences however i'm always down for a quality driving experience i played motorsport now i played horizon i I like them all so i just want to see what that's going to look like uh, what kind of features what kind of car selection i'm going to be able to enjoy and yeah, it would just be nice to be able to bounce between Horizon Motorsport and Gran Turismo at my leisure. Oh, speaking of that, I, did I mention that I was playing Gran Turismo? I got up to like the final menu and I only have one racing championship to finish and I just can't get my power to weight ratio correct. But that's neither here. You mentioned it last <laughs> week that you were playing it, but nothing this week so far. Well, you know, I was still on still in my edible lines. <laughs> Don't really have access to those memories like I want to. Yeah, man, it's, I, I'm excited about it. Now we have a date and now I can just sit here going nuts with each passing day. Like, oh, I'm almost there. I almost got to see Starfield. I just want to see Starfield. I got to know what this game is doing, how large it is. I got to know what this experience is going to be about. And then I can just spend the next five months from that point in time agonizing over living in a world without starfield until the day i can live in a world with it yeah i feel like um as we mentioned like with like the previous week there's like basically like two games um that like that are coming out this year two big games that like we haven't really seen a lot of one being starfield and then another one um you know god of war um so it'll be oh, nice, yeah. it'll be nice to see it to the point where like they had to be like I clarify, like, yeah, God of War is still coming. <laughs> just, just stay so tuned. So many people, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way it's coming this year. Starfield's getting delayed. Oh, Breath of the Wild 2. Dudes, until they say something, quit with all this doomsday speculation. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, and, and this might be the... Uh, the the balance the in between the middle ground uh, we'll say because uh, I know like there's this whole thing where people they're like oh like don't announce games so early if like they're if they're not going to come out like uh, or like they'll announce it show footage and it'll be like oh, I'm tired of seeing this game like just just give it to me already and so like the way to maybe do it is this like you know God of War Starfield route where you you announce it but then when the time when you get closer and the time is ready then you actually start showing footage and like you let people like whatever if they say it's vaporware they say it's vaporware but rather than showing them this like pre-alpha footage like three years in advance and then waiting With mechanics then, that end up on the cutting room floor yeah yeah exactly and so this might be just the route that like some you know developers are going when it comes to showcasing a game and announcing it and i i definitely don't have a problem with that but i can't wait to see yeah because starfield is definitely the one for me that you know i don't have an xbox 
And if that game is what I'm expecting it's going to be, it might be that game where it's like, oh, I got to jump that cash <laughs> and get that Xbox. So yeah, that's, that, I am definitely looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing any of the games, especially like from their other studios that we don't really know what they're working on at this point to see, you know, some possible new announcements there. Um, but yeah, the Starfield is the big one. And even like Outer Worlds 2, I would like to see like what that next step would be like, because that is a game that people enjoyed when it came out. But yeah, the big one, the one that everybody's looking forward to, Starfield, that's going to that's gonna break the internet. And I can't wait to see what that looks like. Now, it's, uh, well, I mean, you could take that in multiple ways. Ooh, it's so buggy. <laughs> right. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like they, yeah, like it'll be a perfect thing and they'll, they'll find the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it, it, as a, no matter what, yeah, good or bad, it's gonna break the internet. Whether it's people saying, "Oh, this is what you've been waiting for," ah, oh, har har har. Oh, you know, yeah. there's a brigade <laughs> just waiting to crap all over Starfield. Yeah. But it's you know, now that I, I I had a little I had a little breather to think about it, the one game I would like for them to show at the showcase would be gameplay footage of the new Fable. Mm, yeah, that, that's another one. That's very high on my list, and I almost forgot about it, but I just thought about it. And yeah, it's they showed us a teaser trailer. We know that you know Playground is making it. The game is going to be made using the Forza Horizon engine, which oh. does outstanding things visually. So I can only imagine what they'd be able to accomplish with you know a different kind of game. And plus, we've seen developers have significant success whatever they switch from their bread and butter style of game to something completely, you know, seemingly outside of their wheelhouse. I mean, we have Guerrilla Games, most notably their Killzone franchise, what they've been doing time and time again. They come out with Horizon, sets the world on fire, does Zelda numbers, crazy. Uh, who else switched it up? I mean, uh, what is it? Sucker Punch, uh, Sly Cooper, Forever, and then suddenly they bring out infamous which is dope as hell one of my favorite franchises of all time then they switch it up again and make ghost of Tsushima, one of my favorite games of all time kind of crazy right and then what i mean from software yeah they made kingsfield back in the day but for the longest time they were making armor core and you know there was evergrace and ninja blade and chrome hounds which is kind of like Armor core but for xbox and then they come out demon souls and then Dark Souls, and then the whole world changes. And then, you know, Bloodborne, and Sekiro. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, we've seen developers have great success when they step out of their wheelhouse. I mean, uh, Playground has been making Forza Horizon for five solid entries now, markedly better every time they make a new one. So it'll be very interesting to see them apply their, their tech and their talent to a franchise like Fable, it would also be great for Fable to get this, you know, return to form that it deserves. So, yeah, I'm really rooting for the new Fable. Mm. Hey, Dub, you want to get into the next topic of the week? To topic of, of the, the week. Week, 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 week. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. How do I want to attack this? Well, okay, I'll give people a, a bit of good news since we're in the spirit of talking about new video games. I can give you some news from Square Enix. One of their producers, Naoki Yoshida, producer on Final Fantasy 16, just put out some information saying that the game is in the final stages 
of development. Yes, mm. indeed. So Final Fantasy 16, when it was revealed, uh, people, you know how people are, oh, it's going to get delayed. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to take nine years. Oh, and, that. and, you know, despite precedent saying otherwise every time. But anyway, just to set that record straight, when Final Fantasy 16 was revealed, it was later noted that it is further along in development than people may think. And now we get this news that it is entering the final stages of development. So, you know, normally final polish phases are about a few months. I don't know if it's final polish, but let's just put it this way. If they're in the final stages of development, then that means most of the development's probably done. It means the game's gonna be right around the corner. Personally, I would expect it to hit the store shelves probably sometime next year. If it comes out this year, that would be unbelievable. If it comes out next year, that would be predictable. If it comes out any time after that, hey, it is what it is. We got plenty of stuff coming to keep our minds occupied in the meantime. So some quotes. Uh, unlike an online game that involves many players at the same time, Final Fantasy 16 offers a different experience where it focuses on the individual player and immerses you in the story. For those who have grown up and realized that reality isn't kind to you and have drifted away from Final Fantasy, we hope that Final Fantasy 16 will be a game that can bring back and bring back a new, uh, is a poor translation. Uh, we hope that Final Fantasy 16 will be the game that can bring back and I'm guessing renew the passion that you once had with the series. So it would seem that Square Enix understands how certain people feel about the Final Fantasy franchise these days. Uh, personally, I think that it's been kind of a steady decline since Final Fantasy VI. Don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy VI is... No, excuse me, VI. Seven is an awesome game. I know it's a lot of people's favorite game. It's also a lot of people's first Final Fantasy. Hmm, funny how that coincides. Uh, Final Fantasy IX is also an excellent classic Final Fantasy. Personally, wasn't a fan of... 8, 10, 12. 12 had great art style, good characters, but I don't know, just that that auto combat that was going on, that, that wasn't my job. That, that wasn't my deal. That wasn't my dance. So, didn't play 15, even though I added it to my, my library, PS Plus collection, make sure you do the same. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that return to form. Like, Final Fantasy is another franchise that's long overdue for just that return to its roots, to its greatness, to recapture that glory that it once held over the entire gaming industry. I mean, Final Fantasy used to be a juggernaut. It just used to, ugh, man, it, I, I, I almost have a tear just <laughs> thinking about how much that franchise meant to me way back in the day. Like it's, I wouldn't be the person I am today without Final Fantasy VI. So, you know, I think, they did an excellent job with the remake for Final Fantasy VII, and it's gradually coming along. I believe the second part is getting close to being done, so it'll be interesting to see how far that extends into the original Final Fantasy VII experience. But Final Fantasy VI is the game that deserved a remake, and it deserved the Octopath treatment because you just don't fix what isn't broke. You just make it better. You just polish it up. You just get it that new package for a new generation of gamers. You make it pretty. AMC, you play Final Fantasy 15. Your favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy 6. 
how do you feel about Final Fantasy 16 as well as Square's uh, understanding of where the franchise is in players' hearts? Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's it's very confusing because, yeah, as you mentioned, it's uh, Final Fantasy VI is 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 God, and then there's everything else. I mean, Chrono Trigger is like right there, right right, <laughs> right alongside. <laughs> but then there's everything else that's been made. Um, and yeah, I mean, fifteen. It was one of those games that like I enjoyed when I first started playing it, and then it was it was weird. Like I I got towards like we'll just say like the fourth quarter. The, the the final act of the game and then i beat it and i was just like ah shit <laughs> yeah just like it was like there was just there was no real feeling of like like happiness and like the triumph um there were a couple of things that they tried to do that i also like you know just didn't really work for me i as far as like the um i guess cross media how they they had a a final fantasy i guess 15 movie or like you know prequel movie that Kingsclave. yeah that like i watched it i kind of liked it yeah <laughs> the and, visuals are outstanding yeah and i didn't watch it and so there were just some story points that were kind of glossed over because i it like it, it took a little bit from the movie like they took like a, a scene from the movie but like they didn't really give you the full detail and so they by the time i beat the game i kind of felt like just lost as far as like the plot and you know final fantasy like those style of games are all about the story for me and so if i get lost in the story or i just you know kind of start to lose interest in the story and the characters then that is a major portion of my satisfaction for the game and so because of that yeah i just didn't really like feel that feeling of satisfaction when i beat it um but then you know I, I haven't played final fantasy 7 remake i do own it i just haven't touched it yet finding, finding that right time but everything that i saw from it was like this is everything in the right step as far as like what i would want them to do like they have the you know they have the real-time action but then you can switch to turn base if you want and i felt like that was one of those things that they got away from and that's where I feel like games like Persona or whatever, like kind of just took the mantle as far as like the great JRPGs of like our, of like the, the current gen. Um, because like they're still doing turn-based, but they just did it in a way that now translates to a, a modern audience. Whereas for Final Fantasy, they just got away from that. And they're like, uh, y'all like live action. Well, we're going to do this kind of half-ass like in between yeah. version of it. And, and so like, it does create like some cool, I guess, like i don't know like boss fight scenarios but then at the same time you yeah like as you mentioned you're kind of not really doing much <laughs> like you're you you there's some button prompts in there but i i feel like it's not like it's definitely not on a level of of a ghost of tsushima or, or even like an elden ring when it comes to like you know the the action rpg elements but then it's not turn-based so it's like this weird in-between thing that isn't super enjoyable for me um and so yeah, it's uh this Final Fantasy 16 seems to be still in line with that. You know, there was the um other Final Fantasy Origins that came out recently, and that was definitely one that I wasn't interested in. And so I I'm a little worried that it's more in line with that instead of um Final Fantasy 7 remake. And so because of that, uh, I'm I, I'm still like at a distance. I still need to see some more gameplay to see like, oh, maybe like they're getting back to like more of their roots that like 
I, I enjoy a Final Fantasy, but it doesn't seem to be like that's the case as of yet. And until I see that, it's definitely not a game that I'm super excited about. It is, I believe, a PlayStation exclusive or at least timed exclusive. So um, that is also an, another thing that I'll be keeping my eye on as far as like um, if they plan to do anything cool from that 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 standpoint, but uh, or at least capitalize on that. So we'll see. But um, yeah, my hopes are not high, at least as of right now. Like uh, when it comes to Final Fantasy, anything from that world, it's pretty much the remake and the um, whatever additional episodes or however they plan to handle that moving forward with with content for that game. But outside of that, um, the main like you know the the installments of the you know 16s 15s 17s i'm i'm kind of off at that point and that's, that's unfortunate because i think i played them even like 13 was one of those ones that i wasn't gonna play and then like i was like ah oh, it's like 10 bucks i bought it like used and then i played it <laughs> I, I regretted that 10 bucks that i put into that game final fantasy 15 i was like kind of on the fence but i was like ah you know what this one looks like they they've kind of figured it out it doesn't look like 13 they got away from whatever the fuck 13 was as far as like that action it was like literally a, you select the attacks and it, it just carries them out and it wasn't even that awesome um they got away from that completely which is good but it's still like you know there's like something that was a little stale about 15 and so unless they, they finally like get it right um i'm i'm finally going to step away from final fantasy but I'm, I'm hoping that they they do enough to bring me back on and you know rekindle my love for that franchise now, when I when I saw the gameplay reveal trailer, it looked like they were doing a good enough job recapturing the general aesthetic of the good old days, like you know the the medieval kind of steampunkish technology crystal shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's going on that makes that makes Final Fantasy Final Fantasy in my eyes, and. At the same token, you know, it had the modern graphics. Everything looked like it was high quality. The only thing that was a little off-putting was the combat because with this one, they're going with the the Devil May Cry style of character action combat, which, don't get me wrong, I that's kind of what I wanted from Final Fantasy from a long time, just not Devil May Cry style. If anything, I just wanted it to be Final Fantasy, but just real time. So, you know, they, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. But insofar as them doing cool things with the properties, not necessarily Sony exclusive cool things they're doing, but they've done a little partnership with Uniqlo, or however you say it, where they have a line of Final Fantasy themed shirts, one of which in particular I think both of us will really enjoy, as it has the three Magitek armors on it marching into the snow from the beginning of Final Fantasy VI. So I was like, mm-hmm. does your boy have to drive down to Glendale today <laughs> <laughs> to see if I can get this goddamn shirt? But yeah, they um, it, it looks like they're doing a design from each of the iconic Final Fantasies. So there's a bunch of different designs to choose from. And, you know, after the show, maybe you can give it a look, see if you like it. Mm. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, top, topic top. of the week. What you got, AMC? I got March and Pete Day. 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 So, so let's see. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So yeah, we'll run down the top 20 best selling games for the month of March for the United States. A dub. Number one, no surprise. We went over um 
the PlayStation Store top downloads for March, and this game was at the top. It will probably be at the top for the foreseeable future. Number one, A Dub, Elden Ring, holding on from February. No Is it gonna hit twenty? <laughs> you think from software clear think they're gonna go double diamond on this uh, i think they're gonna i think they're, they're for sure gonna go double diamond number two uh we got a new one a dub gran turismo 7 number three we got another new game a dub kirby and the forgotten land number four man march is just full of new games number four mlb the show 22 that is also a new game uh five horizon forbidden west hold over Six still selling Pokemon Legends Arceus still selling. Number six, uh, let's see, seven got another new game. A dub WWE 2K22. I, I thought they stopped making these games, I guess they're still doing it. Number eight, Mario Kart 8 because it's always selling. Number nine, Call of Duty Vanguard 10. Another new game, A-Dub, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. 11, another new game, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. 12, another new game, A-Dub, Ghostwire Tokyo. 13, FIFA 22, Minecraft, Madden NFL 22. Number 16, another new game, Triangle Strategy. 17, Mario Party Superstars. 18, Super Mario Bros. Ultimate. 19, Animal Crossing New Horizons and 20. Still selling. Still selling. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Let's see. We got some details. Um, this is somewhat of a surprise. Uh, for the first quarter of 2022, software spending fell 7% when compared to the same period a year ago. Um, Grand Turismo. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Grand Turismo 7. Grand Turismo set a new all-time launch month dollar sales record for a Grand Turismo franchise. Oh. <laughs> franchise. Franchise launch. So, you know. Are we getting bougie? Mm. Mm, it's a franchise. It's a franchise. <laughs> getting that next level. Let's see. Um, they have rye bread. <laughs> right, right. Is that the comedians and cars? Yeah, my, what you know about Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> right, it's like where where you focus on the most people say right, red, but you say right, red. <laughs> oh, that will always be my fondest memory of her. <laughs> yes, let's see. Um, we have our top 10 best-selling games uh, of 2022 so far. Number one, no surprise, Elden Ring. Number, oh. number two, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number three, Horizon 2 Forbidden West. Four, Gran Turismo 7 in its launch month, already the fourth best-selling game of the year. Um, five, Call of Duty Vanguard. Six, Madden NFL 22. Seven, and its launch month, at number seven, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Eight, Mario Kart 8, 9, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, brother. And 10, FIFA 22. And we'll do the top five for each individual console. Nintendo's top five, number one, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Mario Kart 8, Triangle Strategy, and number five, Mario Party Superstars. Uh, PlayStation's top five, number one, Elden Ring 2, Grand Turismo 7, MLB The Show 22, Horizon 2, Forbidden West, and WWE 2K22. And for Xbox, their top five, Elden Ring, Call of Duty, WWE 2K22, Tina Tiny, Tina Tiny, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and number five, A-Dub, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, still selling on the Xbox. And 
As far as hardware goes, Xbox Series X and S consoles were the best-selling consoles in dollar and dollar sales for the month, while Nintendo Switch was the number one in units sold. Uh, further details: Xbox hardware unit and dollar sales for the March 2022 set a new all-time March high for the platform. Previous Xbox bests were set in March 2011 units, and in March 2014, as far as dollar sales. So, a dub. I guess the only thing I'll have here is in the article when I was reading, it was saying that a thing that might have contributed to the decline in dollar sales um, or decline in software sales for the month of March or for the period leading up to March uh, is that being that the um, you know the slowing of hardware sales just due to supply constraints. Um, so, I'd ask your in your opinion, a dub. What do you think would have contributed, especially in a month with so many new games, to the decline in software sales? Well, as the notorious Dr. Fauci has stated, <laughs> we are out of the pandemic phase of the pandemic, still in the pandemic. So, you know, don't go out there, you know, kissing everybody's babies and shit. But yeah. I, uh, I actually uh, stayed home this week because I guess somebody on our floor got COVID, not in our department, but on our floor. And so suddenly we get um, an internal email saying, we are implementing a mandatory uh, mask policy because we were having um, some issues with COVID, which I then wrote an email to my boss saying, I will not be coming in for a week <laughs> yes. until we get that shit figured out. And I guess like a couple of other people wrote that in. So then they just let us all work from home for the entire week. And then we're going to see how things are next week. But carry on. What were you saying? Yeah. So, you know, people... Going back to work, going back outside. Coachella was on. I think I'm getting my badge for Comic-Con pretty soon. <laughs> Stuff is happening. People are going places. With, with people not being stuck inside the house anymore, you know, especially given the absolutely incredible run of highly rated games that have come out in the first quarter of this year, it, it comes as no surprise that sales are actually down because all the people who picked up gaming to keep themselves sane, keep themselves occupied, keep themselves entertained, you know, they can go back outside again. So all those, all those extroverts and social butterflies, putting down the ring fits, going back to brunch, doing their things. I'm, I'm seeing lines, like <laughs> long ass lines, dozens of people just waiting to go into brunch spots, waiting to get sneakers. <laughs> all the things that, <laughs> that people do so i mean once once coachella was over the bars were packed last night so you know we're back yeah <laughs> everything is back in full swing except now we we have the benefit of hybrid working situations i mean i went to work one day last week been working from home all all week since and being the accounting department we are definitely angling to not have to come into the office more than two, two or three times a week. So yeah, man, it's it's understandable. The gaming industry saw a tremendous boom from the pandemic with more people who just needed something to do. Video games were the obvious choice for those people. But now that well is beginning to, to dry a little bit, you know, not to say that, oh, it's, it's going to be a crash, <laughs> you know, people are, but, you know, you'll see, you'll see a bit of a, a, a shriek in the performance of the industry before things level off again. However, who knows, maybe the industry picked up a lot of brand new gamers who are going to stick it out and maybe they finally found their calling. And 
you know, at the same time, maybe the people who just did it for their diversions are, are done with it. So it's just the way things happen. Ebbs and flows. But let's well, get let's to our, to our next, next topic, topic of the week. Top topic of the... Top topic of the... Topic of the week. <laughs> <laughs> she got it done. What do I have? I've been hitting y'all with quick hits. We've been talking about new games. Let me talk you. Let me tell you a little something about a new feature for an old game, a classic game, a game that we all know and love, Rocket League. If you've been following control issues for the duration, then you know that we have gotten down on Rocket League quite a bit in the past. I mean, this is a dub living at his mama's house ago you know this is amc living in the bachelor pad ago this is this is joe aka doom gaze ago you know this is this is back in the day this is what before the injustice tournaments uh, may have been before we platinum diablo like we were just playing the hell out of rocket league well i'm here to let you all know that rocket league has gotten a new mode and it's called Battle Royale. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yes, but uh, according not enough, to... Not enough room. Excuse, not enough room for another Battle Royale. According to David Matthews <laughs> at IGN, you're probably thinking, not another Battle Royale. And you'd be justified. However, Rocket League's new knockout game mode seems to be for people who hate Battle Royale games. <laughs> knockout is part of Rocket League's spring in-game event called Knockout Bash, which goes from April 27th to May 10th. So you guys got a little over a week left, or about a week when you hear this, to enjoy the game if you didn't know about this already. This new game mode involves using the driver slash soccer skills you'd use in the normal game in an eight-player destruction derby type Battle Royale. In addition to the existing movesets, there are three new skills to master, attack, block, and grab. Attack is basically dodging into an opponent to send them flying if placed right. Block is essentially a parry, which reflects attacks back onto the opposing player with the proper timing. Grab allows you to, well, grab other players and throw them. <laughs> Knockout also adds secondary mechanics, which are basically enhanced versions of existing moves, such as boosting, jumping, and lock-on. For example, you're able to do a triple jump instead of the normal double jump. Uh, Knockout features three new areas, specifically for the mode called Calavera, Carbon, and Quadrant. The walls of each arena have been worn away and are perfect for knocking players out of the arenas. Unlike other Battle Royale games, Knockout is solo queue only and gives each player three lives. A shrinking translucent dome called the Safe Zone surrounds each area similar to shrinking circles in other Battle Royale games. If a player goes outside of the Safe Zone for 10 seconds, they're automatically KO'd. If there isn't a winner after six minutes, there is a sudden KO where every attack is fully maxed out and those thrown into the safe zone are automatically knocked out. This will likely appeal to those who prefer quicker games. In fact, the shorter time limit in three lives seems tailor-made for those who aren't keen on Battle Royale games in general. So AMC, given all these details, are you thinking about it? I mean, oh, am I thinking about it? No, I probably won't get back in the Rocket League. But I, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> completely respect it and yeah. love it. It's absolutely yet another of one of my favorite games ever made. It's definitely one of the greatest games ever made. But it, 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 it had its time in my life, and I'm, I'm someone who just keeps moving forward. 
you know, in certain extents, it just depends on how much I like a game. Like, I'm, I got my backlog. I still got games like Fallout 4. I'm going to go back and finish that. I'm going to give The Witcher 3 another chance. I know I talk about that a lot, but I got to let y'all know because I'm sincere in my heart. But, you know, I try to make room for new games and just keep experiencing the medium as it grows and changes. What's your reason? Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, as you said, I already own so many games that I haven't even touched yet. <laughs> the, there's um, That's like kind of been my thing of like, I just like there's so many multiplayer games that I would love to go out and like play kind of like, um you know, like Overwatch and things like that. But it's just there's only so much time I can put into kind of replaying the same thing over and over again. And there's no, no knock on that. It's just that I always want to be kind of doing something new one um, just to because I, I can only play so much. So why not just do something new as opposed to replay the same thing over and over again? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just that that time to sit and dedicate towards perfecting and getting great at like a multiplayer game is totally different from, you know, putting the time into getting good at Elden Ring because mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's just a whole nother level. And um, yeah, and because of that, that's just, that's pretty much the only reason. And as you said, it kind of had its time. Like, um, that's like that's a thing with like uh, certain games is like like it's like an Overwatch or like put like three hundred hours of your life into that game and then eventually it's like all right I got I I got to take a break eventually and <laughs> just play something new and that's pretty much what Rocket League became because it was damn near perfection as far as uh, co op couch co op online just fun pure like unadulterated fun that's exactly what Rocket League does from the so get go. Yeah, from the get-go. And so I would say this, the fact that that game has still been around this long in every iteration, getting cross-platform and all that good stuff, and now to the point where they've just been adding modes on modes on modes, and the fact that they can still continue to keep their community engaged to the point where they're still adding users and players, um, I, I, I definitely don't doubt that this will be popular and that people will come back come back and play it but it's just something that i won't be getting into but me neither (laughs) but whatever they put their mind towards it's it's always something good i will say (laughs) totally support them and definitely support the community that's been keeping rocket league alive it's a phenomenal game if you haven't played it before i highly recommend and if you have played it before, hey, maybe this is a reason for you to get back into it. But if not, you know, just love and respect the effort and the ongoing support that's being put into this title. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the next topic of the week. Yeah, topic of the week. Let's see. This one is me, A-Dub. Uh, you know what? Let's get into the PlayStation the PS Plus games for May, A-Dub. Uh, they've been confirmed. Oh, they I been saw confirmed. the leak. <laughs> they have been confirmed. Okay. I you saw know, the leak. You know, when they announced this uh, new PlayStation Plus, they, they said also that you can expect a higher, a higher quality of games to come out with that free offering, quote-unquote free offering of PS Plus games. So let's see if this continues. Uh, last month, the big winner being Slay the Spire. Let's see what competes with that. This month, a dub. If you love soccer, then you can play some FIFA 22. Oh, this what? is the, this is this is the world's game, a dub. More people play soccer what? than anything. They, are, are are people okay with this? Last time we got a soccer game, uh-huh. people people weren't too kind. Yeah, what was it when we got Pro Evolution Soccer? We yeah. ended up having to change the games that came out for that month. 
I, I believe they they actually the one time only that they've ever changed the lineup of games for PS Plus was when they mm-hmm. added a soccer game on there. People whine like a bunch of little biatches. Yeah, <laughs> but this is FIFA, so it, maybe it's different. Maybe there's a different cachet when it comes to FIFA. I mean, say what you want about EA. Say what you want about annualized franchises. Say what you want about FIFA. This is a big deal. I, I don't believe any FIFA game has been offered on Games with Gold or PS Plus in the past. FIFA is a massive game that is played by millions of people all over the globe, uh, especially in the EU. And yeah, man, this is a big deal. So, you know, if you haven't gotten FIFA, if you've been interested in FIFA, here's your opportunity to play some of that action and get in on it. And if you're not into it, then... Maybe you're interested in a couple of the other games, yeah. one or both. Who knows? The other thing I would say too is maybe it's a, a move on EA's part to, you know, to stick themselves in the mind of gamer of of soccer fans. Um, being that like it's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that they will be dropping the FIFA title from their game, and I believe they actually they even have a new ah. name. They're going like E, like damn, I already forgot it already. <laughs> but is, is it like is it like FIFA soccer, F-E-F-A, yeah. <laughs> and they highlight the E and the A. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if it's like EA Sports Soccer or EA Soccer or something along those lines or fo- football. I forgot. just call it football. Yeah, football. Um, but yeah, so they, they'll be dropping the FIFA. And so this may be a way of, you know, getting FIFA in the hands of gamers so that they like when they're looking for FIFA next year, they're like, what happened to FIFA? And then they're like, oh, it's this now. So um, maybe this is a a way of um, subtly marketing their next release of their of their soccer games. Uh, let's see. So if you didn't want FIFA, as A-Dub was uh, alluding to, you also have the option of playing Tribes of Midgard. <laughs> or Midgard. Which I had to look up just to make sure it was the game I thought it was. And that's, it's a cool-looking well, action RPG, Diablo style, Nordic based, you know, just get in there, get your loot, get your build, <laughs> get going. Yeah, exactly. It's a cool, it's a cool little game. I believe it's also getting a VRR patch. Mm. So we'll we'll talk about that a little later. But you know, get in there. So a might have more than one game on that on that list. No, um, I, w- I was reading a I was reading an Elden Ring article and I saw a video for a game that was like is this what what is this <laughs> i think it's called like lost ark and i didn't know it was a it was a diablo style action rpg so that's something i'm going to be doing a little more research about after the show and that might be something that i get into after elden ring depending on whether or not it's available on console so pop in on this next week and I'll let you know how that goes. Yes, sir. Um, and this last game, you can speak on this, A-Dub, because Ooh. it is a roguelike. And if it is a roguelike, you have probably played it at this point. This game, A-Dub, being Curse of the Dead Gods. If it's a good roguelike, and in the case of Curse of the Dead Gods, it is undoubtedly a good roguelike. Dare I say, great. If you enjoyed Hades for the gameplay, then you'll probably love Curse of the Dead Gods because it's by and large just the core gameplay experience of Hades without the frills of the story and the characters. Uh, it's got a different art style. It's very similar to Darkest Dungeon. If you've ever played that game, it's it's almost it's almost the same. So that's not in so far as the difficulty or 
the type of game that it is. It's a, you know, isometric dungeon crawling adventure where basically you're going through a randomly generated map and you pick the rooms based on the kind of rewards that you would like to receive after clearing the room, a la Hades. So, you know, it's, I played it to completion of the normal mode, which then unlocks a hard mode. And I was like, nah, son, I already did enough. I did what I came here to do and I'm out. But yeah, it's it's an outstanding game. It's It's not terribly deep, but it has enough content and enough nuance for you to actually have to learn it and master the content of the game, which is the beauty of the entire roguelike genre. You aren't just memorizing enemy layouts and patterns, you're learning how everything works so that you can address each circumstance appropriately within a mix of circumstance that are being generated randomly along with the various conditions that you pick up along the game. It's called Curse of the Dead Gods for a reason. Um, As you're going through the game, you accumulate curse points and those eventually, I forget what it's called, it's like corruption or something. You accumulate that when it fills up your bar, you get a curse. And when you get the curse, there are ways to remove the curse. But as you get deeper into the game, the dungeons get longer. The amount of the corruption, I'm just going to call it corruption, the amount of corruption that you accumulate gets greater. So you're not only picking up more curses but you're picking them up faster so the the premise is that you're not trying to it's not like these games that people are conditioned to playing in roguelikes you're not supposed to get to the end in pristine condition unless you're just somehow the most amazing game player there is it's you have to learn how to play with the handicaps with the debuffs with the curses, it, it's not like the games everybody's conditioned to, where it's like, oh, I got, I got poison. Let me pop my my antidote. Oh, I can't, I can't have any status effects. No, can't have. It. <laughs> like people are just scared to have anything that might take away any kind of edge that they may have. Whereas roguelikes are designed for you to learn how to work with that stuff working against you. Because if you can overcome these obstacles when you're beaten down, then there's nothing that can stop you. <laughs> That's, I, I really wish that people would get that about roguelikes and embrace that, that lesson in that skill set that is trying to impart because roguelikes will make you better at every game that there is. The other games aren't as challenging or as unpredictable as roguelikes. We can do a whole show on that. I'm, it, it's, I'm getting very upset just thinking about that. But Curse of the Dead Gods, it's an outstanding game. And if it's free with PS Plus, there is no reason for anybody to skip it, even if you, oh, procedural generation, oh, all right, Jesus, oh, roguelikes, uh, insta pass, skip, hard pass. <laughs> no. You, you have no excuse. Get Curse of the Dead Gods, give it, give it a couple hours, give it a few hours. Just play it go through it it's got different kinds of weapons that foster different kinds of play styles it's got mechanics that play with light and darkness that you know buff and debuff and then there are curses that play off of that so there's a lot of things going on where it's like a drawback can be made into a benefit while a benefit can inevitably become a drawback so you know you gotta figure out 
the best way to work through it and figure out how to leverage yourself to get the loadout you need in order to conquer the curse of the dead gods. So yeah, it highly recommend it gets the A-Dub seal of approval. Do that. AMC. Yep, got nothing else. Uh, Curse of the Day, guys, will definitely be my my game that I that I will be picking up. And you know, I'll, I'll take a look at Tribes of Midgard, but you know, that's about it. Um, got yeah, the I next topic. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it it looks like a cool game, something that I would be into. But it, it it doesn't look like something that's really going to. It doesn't look like I need to play. <laughs> like, yeah, there are a lot yeah. of games out that I need to play right now, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who are in the, the target audience for Curse of the no, not Curse of the Midgard, the Tribes of Midgard. So you know. It, I'm sorry. I don't mean to speak ill or dissuade anybody from from playing a game. So don't take my word for it. Play it for yourself and see if it's for you. And it's it's it free. All about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't get my time back. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, Adub. So what you got in the next topic, topic of, the of the week? Topic of the week. All right. Now we're getting into some more serious stuff. So we already took a little nibble on the VRR update, so I may as well just break it down for you. Mm. Sony uh, let us know that uh, over the past week, they'd be rolling out the variable refresh rate update, and it turns out that the following day after they said that, which was Tuesday, <laughs> well, they said it on Monday, and the day after was Tuesday, but after they said that, people came to discover that there were some new options in the VRR section of their settings menu, if you go into the settings and go into what screen and display, or I forget what it's called, but wherever you adjust the screen settings, that's where the VRR settings on. I highly recommend everybody just go in there and toggle that little switch that makes the console apply the VRR update to games that don't have VRR support anyway, because it'll just overwrite that and do it. Um, if your screen remains black when you boot up a game, it didn't work, bounce out, toggle the switch off. But by and large, you want to keep that on. Uh, Returnal does not play nice with the VRR update. Uh, it just it was just a black screen for me. So I'm like, okay, maybe House Mark will get that together at some point. However, your boy Elden Ring. <laughs> sees a little bit of benefit from that VRR. It's a, it's noticeably smoother. Like I didn't want to immediately attribute the smoothness to the VR update because the performance mode is by and large pretty awesome. But um, I'm, I'm saying these letters, I'm telling you about this performance, but what I haven't told you is exactly what VRR is. A lot of you may already know, especially if you come from the PC, the PC space, VRR, stands for Variable Refresh Rate. So this is going to get a little technical, and I'll try to keep it as brief and as informative as possible. So the initial issue, or at least the source of the issue, is that TVs operate in a very particular manner. Especially with modern TVs, you know, everybody has like, oh, 60 hertz, 120 hertz. That's your refresh rate, 60 is 60 frames per second. That's the rate at which your TV refreshes. Um, but what your TV does is that it consistently refreshes at 60 frames, even if the signal it's receiving does not. And that 
contributes to what we know as frame rate dips. It's when the TV is refreshing 60 times, but it only receives data for 49 frames. So some of those frames are going to be displayed longer than others. So, you know, somebody did the math and I don't remember any of it, but let's just say, you know, the, the TV receives 50 frames, it wants to display 60, it'll display that 50th frame 10 times or 11 times. And basically you're just looking at one frame stretched out. It is just like, oh, it slowed down. Oh, it stopped. And then people get on the internet and they talk shit about the performance. Uh, another I issue. I paid $60 for this. Yeah. <laughs> another issue is that the way TVs work is that when they receive the information, they draw an image from top to bottom progressively. Uh, you may know that progressively starts with the letter P, that P is the same as the one that's at the end of 1080p, 1080p progressive scan. So it's scanning, it's doing it really fast so you can't see it unless you're in a situation where a game is not only giving you fewer frames than the TV refreshes at, but you're also moving it around really fast. Like say you're spinning the camera when it sends 50 frames instead of 60, then sometimes you'll see the top of one frame and the bottom of another frame. This is a screen tearing. So what variable refresh rate does is that it instructs the television to use the refresh rate and the display information from the console. So now your TV is going to be drawing those frames instantly instead of progressively. At the same token, if it receives 49 frames, then it's going to play, it's going to refresh 49 times. So what this does is the instant drawing of the frame eliminates the screen tearing issue. And with the refresh rate varying according to the number of frames received every second, this spreads out that frame rate dip. So you're not seeing that one frame 11 times. You're seeing every frame just a little bit longer so that it's less jarring. When you see the dip, the dip itself is less severe and it generally just smooths out the performance of a game. So this is something that's very beneficial. It's not a it's not a game changer. Uh, it, it helps out games that can, you know, they're trying to get to that 60 level, but they can't quite get there all the time. So it helps smooth out their lack of performance in that regard. Uh, the way that Sony has implemented their VRR update is that it only, it only works at 48 frames and above. So this won't benefit games that have locked frame rates or capped frame rates at 30 frames per second. So, you know, your, your fidelity modes and things like that won't see any benefit. However, in your performance modes where the games are targeting 60 frames per second, you will definitely see some help there if the game needed that help. So, you know, like I said, your boy Elden Ring runs a lot smoother. I, I've been playing for several hours and normally I see slowdown like at least once or twice an hour in certain sections, you know, maybe there's just a lot going on. Maybe it's raining and I move the camera too fast, or maybe I just fast travel to a location and things are popping in. Now, by and large, the game 
stays at a very pleasant frame rate. And the one time I saw a dip, I killed a, a pretty sizable enemy. I won't spoil what that enemy is because I got the AMC on the show and I care about him being able to discover things on his own. <laughs> so yeah, I destroyed a pretty big enemy and it explodes into just gore and shards and, and things of that nature. There are also a lot of particle effects going on. And it, the dip was brief, but it was noticeable. However, that was the only thing that I've seen ever since the VR VR update has been implemented. So I highly recommend everybody just turn that shit on, especially if you're playing Elden Ring because it totally needs it. <laughs> and enjoy yourself. AMC, how do you feel about all this technical mumbo jumbo and its effect on your life? I don't know what any of it is, but yeah, it'll definitely be something that I'll eventually turn on. I haven't hit the point yet in Elden Ring. I guess I'm early enough, don't have enough enemies and big enough enemies on my board. But it's been running pretty fine. But um, eventually, I, I, I'm sure I'll hit that point where it's like, all right, I need to toggle something or other. But when, when that time comes, I'll take advantage. Well, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit like a particular point where it's like, once you get to this point in the game, the performance just tanks. It's just like every now and then, it'll have a dip. It's an okay uh, performance mode, but it's definitely helped out by the VR update. Okay. Well, then I haven't, I haven't noticed it then. But I'm, I'm typically not. I'm not the person when people are like, oh, do you have like yada yada? Do you notice this this hitch at this point in the game? I'm like, no, nah, I just I was I was playing it and I, I was already so focused on the combat that I wasn't even noticing like the subtle like like hitches or whatever and like you didn't see mid. the low quality texture of that rock for like yeah, half a yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it totally took me out of the experience. How could you give this game a perfect score if it had <laughs> yeah, it's I don't, far I don't, from perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You uh, see this blade of grass. <laughs> <laughs> One of these blades was a poppin'. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, the geometry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sure for the the technical heads, like as you mentioned, it's it, it's important to people, and so it's good that they get these things. But um, for yeah, you know, for I guess the layman's or whatever like me, it uh, I, it, it goes over my head. Uh, but it is definitely something good, um, worthy of having, just in case. Um, let's see. Hey, whatever uh, makes my games look and run better, I will take it, and I will not ask questions. I can yeah, do exactly. the Google search on my own. <laughs> Exactly. Um, let's see. This is the last story that I have, so I'm, I'm sure you have plenty more. But this is an update for this is, uh, Diablo Immortal, a dub. So this is not an early or a late April Fool's joke, depending on your perspective of the time of the year. We are in May. But this is an update to Diablo Immortal. That being a dub. Oh, the game that AMC has been looking forward to playing on his iOS. Not on his Android, but it is coming to Android. But apparently it is coming to another place that you can play it at a dub. This will be right. on PC. So the action RPG will be making its way to PC in open beta on June 2nd, the same day it is in full release on iOS and Android. There will also be cross-play and cross-progression between both platforms. So you can play on the go and pick it up when you get home on your desktop. Oh, no. no oh. option. Play it on my Steam Deck. Let's see. Um blizzard said it went back and forth on the decision to port the game over to pc but had it had a feeling that pc diablo fans would attempt to play this game through emulators which swayed their decision to go ahead and port it over to pc um 
yeah, a little extra news there. But yeah, so now it will be on PC. So AMC will only be playing it on his iOS. Do, does this give it any more credibility, A-Dub, being, being that you could play it on a PC and not just on mobile? <laughs> Uh, I have to say it does. Yeah, because I mean, hey, people. It's not just a mobile game now. <laughs> yeah, people laugh at mobile games, but like, what's what's the line there? Is it because you have to play it on a phone, or you can only play it on a phone, or is it because it's not on other platforms? Like, it, you know, it's what. Where's the line? That's all I gotta say about that, but. You know, that's for yeah, people to decide now. Like, now it's basically a Diablo spinoff release. I mean, is AMC getting the Steam Deck now? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, we'll see how good it is on iOS. By the way, Steam Deck is definitely on my radar from everything that I hear so far. Yes, uh, building yeah, I, a PC is definitely a reality in my future. I don't know, making more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, with this one, I mean, as you said, like, Call of Duty Warzone is technically a mobile game, but doing very well, like console and mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as you said, the the lines are blurring just a little bit. We know that there is a Diablo 4 on the way, so oh. if people you know want to skip over this, they totally can. But for the people who you know already dabble in mobile games here and there, like myself, I suddenly I you know we talk about games that we play every week, and this is a game that I have literally played for the past. We'll say three years now, every week, at least every to the point where we dedicate Tuesday nights to playing this mobile game, A dub. That's amazing. You this, two are my favorite married couple. <laughs> yeah. And this being uh Mario Kart Tour, the game that everybody said was the worst Mario Kart game. I would argue that it is <laughs> the best Mario Kart game. I have not played a Mario Kart game more than I played this one. Uh, um, it has uh, uh, the handles, the controls. Uh, it's free to play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they it's added. It's a mobile game. <laughs> it's a mobile game. There's definitely some, you know, buy this. We haven't paid a dime for the game, and we played it for three years straight. The reason why we play it every Tuesday night is that, so every week there is a ranked tour, and, um, you get your tiers and you try to finish as high as you can. If you can finish first, uh, between first and third, you get your rubies within unless you buy um, new characters or at least buy the loot boxes <laughs> in order to possibly get a new character. But what they do is what makes this game better than any other Mario Kart is because it is mobile, they have supported it for three years straight, which means pretty much every week we get a new character in the game, new specials, new carts, new gliders, things like that, because it's a game that's supported um, through monetization. And as long as people keep paying for the game, they're just going to keep rolling out content, new courses, new levels, new characters, new specials, new carts, new gliders, everything that I mentioned before. And so imagine that. Yeah. (laughs) And so no wonder GTA five online is still going. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It has a subscription service now, just like Mario Kart tour. Um, People buying them shark cars. Yeah. (laughs) Supporting the game that they love and that game continues to support them. Imagine that. Imagine that. People keep giving you money and they keep giving you content for that thing. It's a, a back and forth. It's not a one-sided relationship, as we will soon learn in a story that A Dub will cover shortly. But um, yeah, and so because of that, we've been playing the shit out of Mario Kart Tour. And with that, 
you know, Diablo, it looked pretty good in that preview. Um, and I'm already, you know, dabbling in mobile games. So this could easily be a game where if I have like five to 10 minutes and I just want to do, you know, a quick, maybe if they have their version of a rift or whatever, just get a couple of drops, build up my character and then hop off and then hop back in every now and then just do a run here, get some loot build towards my set and if it's one of those games that as a dub said it's supported by you know mobile monetization that means this might be a diablo game i mean they're still supporting the shit out of uh diablo 3 as it as a dub can attest he's hops in every now and then will just bang out a season learn a new way to build up his wizard <laughs> oh. that he didn't know about five years ago um and so yeah if they continue with that type of support for this one because of the fact that it's a mobile game then it could be a game that i might be playing for the next 10 years on top of playing diablo 4 and everything else that blizzard has to offer yeah yeah. i gotta figure out a new way to build a necromancer damn (laughs) yeah i mean the necromancer was already kicking ass right what's up so the necromancer was already kicking ass from what i had seen from like your season builds I mean, when I did the Rothmas set along with, um, I forget, like, Johan or Johannes or something, the, there's a scythe and a shield, and just what I do with those command skeletons makes absolutely no sense. But I want to, yeah, there's a lot that I can learn how to do with a necromancer, and I want to explore some different things there. I, I didn't really get into it. Like, I want to... I want to see how far I can push the the bone spear that you throw because you could throw that and then on in, like it's supposed to go through enemies but on impact it like sends shards of bone to other enemies. I just want to see how that cascades and what it becomes. So yeah, it'll it'll be awesome. Diablo uh, Diablo it, that's a television game to me, man. I got to play it on my screen. So you know I mean, I'll also take a PC experience once once I save up a little cash and get that going in my life. But yeah, man, Diablo 4 is what I'm looking forward to. Diablo Immortal, you know, hopefully it finds its audience, people support it, and then we can see another example of what happens when you actually pay for the things that you enjoy. Mm. And speaking of, we can get into our next topic of the week. Uh, Top, week. Topic of the week, 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 week. week. it's kind of a double header of a story because this one took a little turn (laughs) after a little (laughs) while so first and foremost uh so you know sony they're rolling out their new tiers of ps plus there's going to be the essential the premium uh the platinum what what are the tiers again (laughs) <laughs> yeah, platinum platinum plus platinum plus ultra platinum <laughs> oh platinum I, plus i forgot all about platinum plus. that could have been another one yeah uh i don't remember all the tiers but i i know what you're talking about we it's a bunch of tiers at least it's less cumbersome than having two separate subscription services however yeah. some people figured out the two separate subscription services and have ps plus as well as ps now concurrently so out of the goodness of their hearts knowing that people have already stacked up years of both services, they already have them. What Sony decided to do was to grandfather those people. And they were like, look, not only will we take customers who have PS Now and PS Plus simultaneously and just convert them to PS Premium, but we're going to give them that subscription tier for the length of their longest subscription. 
So, you know, if you have PS Now for like a month, but you got five, six years of PS Plus stacked up, because people do that every now and then, PS Plus goes on sale for 30 bucks. You buy a whole bunch of those cards, you get yourself stocked up for the whole console generation, you're good. So, Sony extended this courtesy, and you know, that's a good thing. That's, that's the part where we're supposed to say thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank, thank you, Sony, for that. It's, it's nice that people, like, they, they could have messed that up, but they did that extremely well. It's just like, hey, you're going to be premium. What, whatever your longest one is, that's what you got. However, things took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> so it was later revealed in another story following that announcement that Sony had stopped allowing people to stack their memberships. So on the surface, this sounds pretty bad, but basically what was happening was once people heard that, oh, they're going to convert me to premium for my longest subscription, well, I'm just going to lengthen my longest subscription and get as much premium as I can. (laughs) So people were then stacking their subscriptions of whichever service they had the longest one of. And eventually Sony was like, all right, let's get a little out of control. Let's, let's put a kink in the hose there. So just to make this make sense to people who probably see this as a negative, PS Plus is $60 a year. PS Now is $60 per year. PS Plus Premium is $120 a year. Sony decided to do the courtesy of converting people's existing allotment to PS Premium for the length of their longest subscription. People seeing that decided, hey, that means that I can stack these years and get PS Plus Premium for half price. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, maybe it was uh, oversight on Sony's part. Maybe they just had a too too much faith in humanity. <laughs> that like, hey, they'll just appreciate this and nothing will change. Instead, people went ham and just bum rushed the back door, stealing whatever they can. <laughs> you know, you know, just, it I hate to say it's stealing, but it kind of is. However, there are a lot of people who have some things to say about Sony stopping their ability to stack these memberships. There are people who don't like that. They struck back. They're raising their voices. They're raising their concerns. We got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. (laughs) So you know who they are. You know why they're here. First Troll says, pretty scummy, but was expecting that from Jim Ryan. (laughs) Next troll says, disgusting. Just more money grabbing from Sony. Hashtag for the payers. Next troll says, typical Sony. Shame on them. Next troll, Sony is such a joke. Next troll, (laughs) geez, they suck so hard. Next troll says, there's really no defending this move, but I'm sure if I scroll enough, I'll find somebody. (laughs) And the last troll says, what a scumbag company. Bet they were more than happy to take the money for the codes they disabled. All right. So I ran all through that because it all falls under the same umbrella and applies to the same 
explanation, which is largely what I already explained. Sony extended a courtesy. They grandfathered people in and they converted them to premium. They didn't just say, you know, uh, well, you're only, your plus is only, your plus is five years, but your premium, I mean, your PS now is only a month, so we'll give you a month of premium. No, they went with your longest subscription. They ate that cost already. So instead of just saying, hey, thank you, that's awesome, Sony, it's nice that I don't have to pay extra money to get your premium service. It's nice that it's going to cover the length of my longest subscription, even though I didn't pay the money for that. No, people just bum rushed the back door and tried to get as much as they could. Then when Sony plugged the loot cave, as we've seen time and again, now people are upset and even going the extra mile in the case of this last troll and creating information that is not real. (laughs) They didn't disable any codes. What they disabled was the ability for people to continue to stack up these years of PS Plus or PS Now, whichever is their longest subscription, so that they could basically steal $60 a year from Sony. Uh, There are people who are all over the internet talking about, oh, I'm good until 2027. Oh, I'm good till 2028. Well, it's like if a million people do that, then you've effectively stolen hundreds of millions of dollars from Sony over the course of five or six years. So they didn't do this in order to give people PS Plus Premium for half price. They did this to show courtesy to their existing customers and to eliminate any kind of confusion or concern over what would happen with your outstanding subscriptions. But of course, people went and abused this and then went the extra mile and acted like little biatches about it when somebody was like, hey, stop doing that. (laughs) We've been talking about Diablo Immortal. We mentioned GTA V, we mentioned Mario Kart uh, on the mobile and how they are shining examples, Diablo Immortal, hopefully assumed to be shining example of what happens when people pay for the things that they enjoy. I'm sure a lot of people will retort, oh, well, people are paying for it. Why could they stop you if you're paying for it? It's because they didn't intend for you to pay $60 for it. They want people to pay $120 for it. You basically already got your PS Plus premium at half price for every year of your longest subscription that doesn't run concurrent with the other subscription. So just say thank you and move on. You don't have to be a punk about it. And just and this is another example of what is probably going to go on. People are going to raise a fuss about it and then they're going to try to get Sony to, to bend the knee and give them some kind of some kind of compensation for their hardship (laughs) as if these people went through anything It's like the, the stacking of the subscriptions was only disabled temporarily while they roll out these new tiers. And then once everything is in place, yeah, you'll be able to stack your stuff again, but at the appropriate tiers for the appropriate prices, like you should have been doing. So just be good people. Like, what is so hard? I'm starting to see the resurgence of the phrase, the customer is always right, and things like that. I mean, it's mainly with Elden Ring, but I'm sure it's going to make its way over to to this PS Plus discussion. And it's like, that's only half the phrase. The 
full phrase is the customer is always right in matters of taste. And what that means is that if you want to buy an ugly ass jacket or <laughs> some, some tiny boots that you don't fit, go on ahead. It's your money. It's your time. It's your feet. <laughs> it's your jacket. Do what you got to do. However, it's been proven time and again that customers not only are usually wrong, but are usually pretty dishonest and intently dissatisfied for the sole purpose of extracting material benefit from a company free of charge. Like people make careers and lifestyles out of this. So no, the customer is not always right. You guys get yeah, you're paying, but you're doing so in a manner that is taking advantage of an unforeseen vulnerability or perhaps just Sony's misplaced faith in humanity. <laughs> You need to stop, you need to accept accountability, and you need to be better people. You got what you were supposed to get. Be happy and move on. AMC, how do you feel about this whole situation? Um, I, I think it's all funny. The fact that people, they do this thing where they're like, oh, like, don't pre-order games. Like, you, you never, never trust a publisher. Never, never trust them. They're greedy. They just want your money. They just want your money. But the moment that they see a loophole for a thing where the whole criticism of the announcement was like, they didn't go into detail of what games would be on there. We have no idea what's going to be there. Like, why am I going to get this service? I don't know what's there. They kind of, there's like this soft launch. And people are always talking about like not not jumping the gun when it comes to how you spend your money in the gaming industry. And yet the moment that they see the floodgates open and a possible deal for something that still isn't even a fact yet. Like we don't even know, like Sony could be like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> they haven't rolled it out or anything yet, <laughs> but people have already, as you said, purchased it for up to what, like seven years, <laughs> five, six five, years, five, six years have already put a down payment of six years on a service that they have no idea how it's going to function, how it's going to work, what's going to be on it, just on the strength of the name of Sony. And yet these are the people who would question Sony's hubris at being able to make certain decisions because they know they got you. They got you. And this is a, this is the, the definition of they got you. They announced a service and didn't even tell you what all it entails and the meat of it. They just gave you, you know, the, the idea but they haven't given you the meat of the service what's going to sell you on it and you gave them six years worth of money <laughs> not even knowing what it's going to be and so yeah that's that is just the ultimate side that they have you locked up not only for this console generation but for the next console generation because people are probably paid enough where by the time the next ps6 come when the ps6 comes out they will still have ps plus already paid for through there <laughs> so yeah it's, it's absolutely amazing that uh um, the hypocrisy and the stupidity of these people and i love that oh, they are it angry. goes a level deeper <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes a level deeper so these people who are upset that they can't continue to stack their half price ps plus premium tier subscriptions have responded by saying it, it's not a good service anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Then why are you stacking it? Yeah. <laughs> the same dude's mad every month at the offering of PS Plus games. Where are the where are the AAA quality games? Mm. Aren't they giving us real games? They're giving us these these indie darlings that nobody plays. Uh, but yeah, locking it down <laughs> without knowing without knowing what's gonna be offered, what's available, just just paying for it because they know they know. 
that Sony always delivers. What do they would like to admit it? They know deep down, their heart knows that whatever is making their choices, the limbic system or whatever it is that's working in their subconscious knows deep down that Sony delivers and that they always want to be a part of Sony, <laughs> what, has the, what Sony has to offer. So yeah, this is uh, absolutely awesome. I hope they get screwed in every way possible. but yeah i mean it, it happens sony you got guy you, you got away with what you got away with and, and now sony's gonna correct it to make sure that people don't continue just like all those people whatever what is it like amazon or they they accidentally put out a pre-order for something for a dollar and <laughs> people yeah. start pre-ordering it for a dollar um yeah i mean hey i'm, I'm fine with that because <laughs> no, no, i'm saying it, it happens i, I, it happens, um, it I strongly fine. believe in like hey make sure you're posting the right price yeah. <laughs> but then, whatever whatever the list price is that's what people are entitled to so if you're not doing your job and checking your work when you're posting those prices, that's your bad as a company yeah, I strongly but, believe that. but you can't get mad when the, the company notices it and then corrects the price to the fair value. <laughs> yeah, it was a dollar yesterday. Yeah, yeah how dare you? Mm, that yesterday's greed. price is not today's price, man. <laughs> yeah, that greed, that corporate greed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like so, this, this wasn't a thing about posted prices, though. This was Sony extending a courtesy to existing customers and people overly abusing it. So yeah, I, I have no sympathy for that. Yeah, they abused it and then they made the correction. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. You can't get mad once they realize that people are abusing it and then eventually correct it. You can't get mad at them for correcting it after the fact. <laughs> like they, these people are behaving in the manner like you, we've all been around those kinds of guys where they'll they'll try to holler at a girl. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you're looking good. You know, just, you know, I'm really feeling you and everything. You know, can I get your number on that? And then she turns it down. It's like, you know, what, fuck you. You're ugly anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, two, <laughs> number one, what the hell is your problem? And number two is like, why would you, why would you respond that way for someone just doing something that, you know, just making a choice for themselves that doesn't go your way. Like, was all the niceness and all the support fake to begin with? Like, did you mean any of that? Or were you just an asshole all the time? I don't know. That's a, that's another discussion for another podcast. But troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Like we were discussing in the pre-show, like this just comes right on back to the horizon situation where the circumstances changed and Sony no longer offered the upgrade because horizon no longer fell within whatever it is. They believe their launch window was, which was, I guess, a year after the console came out and people raised it. Oh, but you said, but you said, it's like, dude, global pandemic <laughs> game pushed into another year, chip shortage. We're trying to maximize sales. You know, we we did this cross gen thing, and I got over ten dollars. Motherfuckers, just people are really just out to get everything. And like you said, with with the whole don't pre order, it's always some move to either. It's always some move to get as much as they can out of the company without giving much or any of their own money in exchange. Yet people hate on free to play games. 
games and microtransactions, which would allow you to play a game without paying for it. And if you want certain things or certain abilities or, or certain shortcuts or boosts, then you can just pay a much more a micro fee <laughs> and get that stuff instead of having to pay for everything. It's like, I don't, I don't want you to have any ability to get money. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I want to experience everything you have to offer, but I don't want you to get anything for it. Or at least I don't want to give you anything for it. I don't even want to be able to mistakenly give you anything for it. So don't even put in the ability for me to give you something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I... People dedicate their lives to video games and then get upset to have to pay any money towards that thing that has provided them more love than anything in the world. <laughs> it's like they literally like super video game enthusiasts. Like it's all they care about is video games. And then it's like, it's going to cost you 10 more dollars to play video games. It's like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, wait, I thought you loved this game. I bet you love this thing that we haven't raised the price of for, for decades how dare you you're, yeah. you're taking advantage of this relationship you're nickel and diamond me yeah and it's like you look at like you look at everything like as far as like inflation goes and just certain companies having to take advantage of pricing power because they know that you know we're losing money right now we're gonna have to charge a little bit more for this thing and we have a feeling that people are going to be willing to pay that extra price but video gaming it's like if you change anything <laughs> like people are like how how dare you you're so greedy yeah yeah, yeah. but like all you do is just go to a grocery store and you just see the difference in prices because of what's going on but yet how like the video game industry can never take into account any type yeah. of inflation uh increase in wage prices anything like that like no you can't any of those operating costs or expenses like they can't factor into the price of their video games and video games could very easily price gouge everyone to hell and back yeah. no sign of it don't get any credit for that <laughs> no, no not at all no like where's the thank you for not raising prices across the board where's the thank you for not you know imposing additional fees in just like where is the appreciation? If you love games, if you spend hundreds of hours every year playing video games, show a little more appreciation. Oh, well, I, I paid for this game. Yeah, and then you traded it and put that money toward another game, and then you, you borrowed a game from your friend. And, like, there's nothing wrong with borrowing games, but when you make a career out of spending as little money as possible on something, don't be surprised when the things that you enjoy the most don't come around anymore. Like, there's there's a possibility that there's going to be a sequel to Elden Ring because it sold 12 plus million copies in less than a month. You know what? There's not going to be a possibility of there being a sequel of all these character action games that people don't buy anymore. And that's largely because that's just where market trends are going. But then you apply that same logic to the games that like, oh, indie games is to pass. Wait for it to go to PS Plus. That's a rental. Oh, I'll buy it used. And it's like all that has an effect. You're not the only one. Like you guys, you guys have this disassociated community of like it's a disassociated community of individuals that all behave the same way and don't realize the collective power of their misbehavior with their money. <laughs> 
Yeah, I always uh, I always think about the uh, movie industry when like uh, every now and then I'll just hear somebody complain about like oh this everything's a Marvel movie, everything's yep. a superhero <laughs> movie. And it's like because people are still willing to go to the theater to watch Marvel and superhero movies. Mm-hmm. If people were going to watch whatever artsy fartsy thing that you were saying people need to go watch, then they would make more of that. <laughs> like, oh, that's just a shitty artsy fartsy movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got subtitles. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like, that's yeah, just another, it's another popcorn action movie. Uh, like you can't get mad when people are supporting something. And so the industry then, continues to follow that route <laughs> exactly so, yeah. like i'm i'm really into romantic comedies if, <laughs> if they keep coming out i'm gonna keep going to see them marvel yeah. movies i'm gonna keep going to see them i love superhero movies mm-hmm. i also love supporting the things that i love including exactly. people places if i love it it's getting my money and i'm not gonna ask any questions i'm not gonna ask for a discount you, like if, oh my God, just pay for stuff just pay for stuff if you pay for stuff you'll keep getting newer and better versions of that stuff that's just how things work you see it time and again and you pay no attention to it because you don't like the stuff that people are paying their money for people still play Fortnite. yep they sure do and they're spending their v bucks and they're buying those battle passes and Fortnite continues to be supported it's having an invasion of marvel characters imagine that and there has, has, has concerts was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it dead mouse yeah. what i think Who? travis scott had something <laughs> Tra- travis scott had something what is that group uh, uh was that like bruno mars or you no uh-huh. damn daft punk no, they didn't do anything in there. I'm talking shit. But anyway, the point remains. It's like, this stuff is still around. People still play this stuff. People pay for this stuff. It keeps getting supported. It's why GTA Online can now be its own separate entity with its own separate subscription service that is forever serving its community who continues to spend dedicated hours supporting that game. It's like, oh, GTA Online, don't mean that. Yeah, well, millions and millions of people believe it and they fund it. So if whatever game it is that you like, if you encouraged people to buy it instead of telling them to wait for PS Plus, or maybe if you bought it instead of waiting for PS Plus, just could you imagine if there was like a game like, yeah, if we sold one more copy. And <laughs> <laughs> just the dude who was on the air like, oh, yeah, I got it. I waited for Plus. Okay. And like I, there are situations where the games coming to those services helps them, I mean, especially in the case of smaller games. I believe uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, when it came to games with gold, uh, the developer said, oh, the, the game really found its audience through games with gold. And there are stories like that. And then there are stories in the case of Oddworld, the latest one, I forget what it's called. But they were like, the game going on PS Plus actually hurt it and hurt its performance. So, you know, in the case of smaller games, in the case of games that maybe were being maligned during their entire development only to come out and actually be a good game, Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> it found its target audience. Sometimes people do need that that freebie in order to get them to realize something was good. And if we're supposed to believe what's going on with Game Pass, then I guess people who play games on Game Pass turn around and buy those games. Hopefully that is the case, but 
if you're interested in a game, if you like a game, buy it. That's the only thing that's going to work in this situation in order for you to get more of that thing and more things like it. Successful things are emulated. Successful things are continued. If it's not successful or as successful as it needs to be, it's going to go away. And then you're going to be on the internet bitching about how, oh, there's not that much originality and creativity in the AAA space anymore. Well, there's also not as much money going to the risks and originality that they put out because every time something new or different comes out, people find a reason to hate it before it's even on the show. So fix yourself, fix your habits, and maybe you'll start getting the things you want <laughs> or you can just stay in this death spiral of paying for nothing and complaining about it. Yeah, the uh, other stories they dub. Oh shit! Hold up. Switch my tab. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, close these out. Uh, well, on the note of gaming enthusiasts, specifically preservationists, PlayStation has announced in this topic of the week, top topic, topic of, of the, the week, week, that they have created a game preservation team. So, as a lot of you may know, there's been quite an uproar every time some kind of online server or you know digital game loses support which is usually because people aren't buying it or playing it anymore <laughs> and it costs them money to keep that stuff up but hey who gives a fuck about the business making an effective use of their cash when oh they took they took down my little pony seven <laughs> <laughs> was, I, I was gonna play that in a few years maybe so Sony has created a game preservation team and your boy Garrett Fridley, who has started their position as the senior build engineer at PlayStation for this effort is pretty excited about it. They say today is my first day as a senior build engineer at PlayStation working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. Game preservation was my first career passion. So I'm ecstatic that I get to go back to those roots. Uh, let me see. Uh, this was revealed by employees Twitter, Gary Fredley. The division will focus on preserving PlayStation IPs to ensure our industry's history isn't forgotten. Uh, let me see now. Let's see, uh, Fredley was said in another post that uh, the day-to-day -day focus is on IP preservation for the business, ensuring the titles of today are captured, cataloged, and secured for the games industry of tomorrow. So as I noted at the top of this little segment, people have been getting in a tizzy every time games get removed from the store, every time they hear about online servers getting pulled. It's like, oh, what about games preservation? Oh, these games are being lost. You won't be able to download them or play them anymore. And it's like, well, I mean, that's what happens, man. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it goes. However, Sony seems to have been listening to these voices and they're making this effort. Now, personally, I feel like this is one of those situations where if any effort whatsoever falls to the consumer to act in some way in order to perpetuate this cycle of preservation, because if they're going to be doing this and these games are going to be preserved, then there might be some need for them to actually be downloaded and played. So if you're also about games preservation, then you should be keenly interested in this effort. You should want to know how it works. 
And if anything a consumer needs to do in order to help this effort be its best, then you need to be the first one in line to do it. Otherwise, you're just proving the point that nobody plays this shit anymore. Nobody buys this shit anymore. What is the point of holding on to it? Like, it's it's ridiculous to expect a company to keep something available forever when nobody <laughs> is doing anything about it. This stuff costs money. But AMC, how do you feel about the creation of this team before I get off on another rant? Uh that's good. Um, as we've seen, backwards compatibility is a thing, um, and especially with um, something that we brought, I brought up in the past is, um, you know, their, I guess their, their confusion with the PS3 <laughs> and how to get that thing going. I think has like kind of let them at least push them to be a little more forward thinking with how their games are preserved in a way that you know that they can be accessed in order to be brought back uh, for, you know, future generations. And so because that's a part of that's just archiving, but also part of that is just making sure that everything is there so that they can port it eventually for the future. So I think that, um, I think the PS3 was a big lesson for them. And as we're seeing with this, uh, with this all new PS plus they're they're leaning more into that legacy. And so I think having, a group dedicated to, you know, the preservation of their games moving forward is a smart move as they build out this service to make, you know, as you were saying, the games that you download to run just like how they ran then, or if not as, um, you know, with the smart delivery that Xbox has been talking about being able to even upscale certain older games um, so that like they can one, not only just quickly port them over to whatever new console is there, but then also to run possibly better. Um, all these things are important. And so to have a team dedicated to that, I think is the move um, for Sony it's because as we've seen with the excitement and the numerous purchasing of PlayStation subscriptions moving forward, there is an excitement for getting access to this backlog. And so Sony obviously notices there that they need to, you know, put a little more emphasis in that direction. And so I think this is a good thing. Obviously that guy got excited when he started talking about this thing. I, I believe before Sony even, even mentioned it, but knowing that it's there, I'm sure it's not a bad thing for uh, Sony. And that's why they probably haven't reprimanded this guy for, you know, discussing it before they could even, you know, put out like some type of press release on it, but uh, you can't get fired on your first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just already skating on thin ice. Um, so yeah, I mean, good, good, good on Sony, and we'll see how this you know plays out in the future. Uh, any anything else, A Dub? I am all out, my friend. Anything else on your end? Nah, that's all I got. I am gonna go watch some basketball that I missed because I am all about this playoff basketball right now. How about yourself, A Dub? What you got for the uh, for yeah. the week for the night? I hear people hooting and hollering outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there must be some eventful eventful sport balling going on it's not really my scene uh, i got a little drive out early this morning when i went to go get my failed small test <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. yeah i was just like damn it, the ladies are out and i was like ah, it's getting warmer coachella yeah. people are back and you know it's sunday this is what happens people go get their brunch on get their shopping just soak up that sun so you know, maybe I'm definitely gonna go outside and get some edibles <laughs> and come nice. back and build the build this uh this lotus. I mean, 
are those lotuses? What? Oh, this orchid. Yeah, this orchid set I just got. Yes. And yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that. So, do you? This is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is We are Control Thanks for playing. Suckers. Oh!